I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 274 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it's time for another Dads of the NFL Hall of Fame edition of the podcast. Today's guest was the first undrafted quarterback to be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He is also the first African-American quarterback to be enshrined as well. The man who wore number one, Warren Moon, will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And there are only 17 players in NFL history that have been undrafted and went on to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and only two of them were quarterbacks. You are about to hear from the first one to do it, Warren Moon, in just a minute here. The only other one to do it is Kurt Warner, and you can hear my interview with Kurt back on Episode 71 of First Class Fatherhood. And Warren Moon is my 10th NFL Hall of Famer that I've had the honor of interviewing here on the podcast, so if you enjoy my dads of the NFL Hall of Fame interviews, be sure you scroll back through the archives and check them all out. And next week, I'm going to be joined here by a quarterback who would have been a slam dunk Hall of Famer if it were not for his injuries. Heisman Trophy winner Carson Palmer will be my guest here next Thursday on the podcast, so lock it in for that. And if you guys are planning on watching UFC 244 this weekend, do not miss my interview coming tomorrow with UFC President Dana White. That's right, Dana will be my guest on the podcast tomorrow, so make sure you check it out. And please follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be joining me here next week on the show and much more. And please, as always, help me spread the word about the podcast here to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood family life fatherhood rocks family values rule and every day is father's day right here with me and i'm gonna be right back with hall of fame quarterback warren moon i'm alec lace and you're listening to first class fatherhood Hey dads, are you looking to boost your energy level? Strikeforce Energy has got you covered. With a Strikeforce Energy packet, you can turn any beverage into an energy drink. Their original energy packets contain no sugar, no calories, just an explosion of energy and flavor added to any beverage. Strikeforce Energy is veteran-owned, and all their products are made right here in the United States. Co-founded by Navy SEAL Sean Matson, Strikeforce Energy blows away the energy drink competition. Right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save... 15% off their purchase by visiting StrikeForceEnergy.com and using the promo code FATHERHOOD. Strikeforce Energy turns any beverage into an energy drink. Get yours today. StrikeForceEnergy.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is a five-time Canadian Football League Grey Cup champion. He is a two-time Grey Cup MVP. His NFL career included nine Pro Bowl selections, almost 50,000 passing yards, and he is, of course, enshrined in the NFL Hall of Fame. It is an honor for me to say, Warren Moon, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Well, thanks for having me. Um, you know, fatherhood is something that's very important to me, and and uh, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to be on your show. Awesome. Let's start it right here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? <laughs> I have uh, five kids. I have three sons and two daughters. Uh, my oldest son is 37 years old. My oldest daughter is 36 years old. I have a daughter 35. I have a son 31, and then I have a young son who's 12. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. What t- what type of uh, sports or activities were they all into growing up? 
Well, I thought it was important to get them all in, in, into sports because there's a lot of good lessons you can learn from sports uh, besides the, the fact of getting to, to play professional uh, sports because I was fortunate enough to become a professional. But uh, even if they weren't able to become a, a professional or get to that level, I think just the, the lessons you learn about uh, teamwork, about um, uh, learning to play together, about hard work, about uh, setting goals, uh, getting over adversity, all those different things you learn from sports is something I thought would be good for all of them to to uh, be exposed to. So my daughters played volleyball. They they also played um, basketball when they were in high school. Um, my sons played baseball, football, and basketball growing up all the way until they got to college. And uh, they played a couple of years in the college, and then they gave it up thinking they weren't going to uh, become professionals. And then uh, my youngest son now is playing, uh, he's played soccer, uh, he plays, played baseball, uh, he plays basketball, and he's currently playing football. So he's he's kind of gotten involved in all of them, but uh, I think uh, he's he's not wasn't that, that fond of, of uh, baseball, so he's probably not going to play baseball anymore. But he definitely loves football, basketball, and he loves soccer. That's awesome, Warren. Do you get a chance, do you uh, coach at all, or do you like to enjoy it more from the sidelines? Yeah, I'm more of one of those dads who, who doesn't want to get his fingers in it, so I, I kind of watch from the sideline and let the coaches coach, and if I feel like they're making any any grave errors or anything like that, you know, I might make a suggestion. But, um, you know, the, the fathers that do volunteer to coach, uh, you got to give them a lot of credit for for the dedication that they give uh, to giving their free time to, to coaching your child, so you want to give them as much opportunity to do that without interference. But, like I said, if you do see something that – that you think is a concern or whatever, you want to be able to give your opinion. But uh, the way my schedule is and how busy I am and how much I travel, it's really hard for me to, to give the full time to coaching. Yeah, yeah, well said. All right, Warren, if you could, just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, first of all, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a pro football player by heart. Uh, I played uh, 17 years of, in the NFL as a, as a professional quarterback. Uh, I played 23 years total because I played six of those years. The first six years of my career I played in Canada in the Canadian Football League. Then I came back to the NFL and played 17 more in the NFL. Uh, I retired in 2000, and then I went into broadcasting, and, and I also started a uh, sports marketing business uh, back in 2008. So I've been in the broadcasting for about about 16, 17 years now, and I have my, my sports marketing business for the last 11 years. And uh, I also have a foundation that I started called the Crescent Moon Foundation. I started that back when I was a player in 1989, and we're currently still doing uh, you know sp- smaller events, and not the big events that I used to do, but we still do a lot of things with uh, our main focus is is scholarships for underprivileged high school kids. So any money that we raise, we try and give back to, to young kids that we feel like are um, uh, kids that want to go to college and, and become become successful. So we're looking for those kind of kids in different school districts all around the country where I've either played or lived. Yeah, that's good stuff, Warren. And obviously you had a tremendous career, Hall of Fame career, and you had a lot of great experiences on the field. Uh, how did the experience of becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Well, I think a lot of that has to do with with uh, me not having a father in my life, or well, most of my life. My dad passed away when I was seven years old, and and uh, he died of uh, alcoholism. 
And so I was raised basically by my mom. I had six sisters, so seven women basically raised me. And um, I had some, you know, father influences in my life. My mother never really remarried, but but uh, she had a couple of guys that she dated that, that became very um, very important in my life. And uh, then a lot of my coaches that I played for uh, throughout my years coming up as a young kid became mentors and father figures to me. And that's one of the reasons my mother got me involved in sports was to keep me around other boys and also to get me around other men. So uh, I always thought if I became a father, I wanted to be much more involved in my kids' lives than, than my dad was. And it wasn't any fault of his except for the fact that he, he passed away because the things I remember about him were very good memories. But uh, I wanted to be more of a presence in my kids' lives if I could, and that was something that was very, very important to me, knowing that I didn't have a father in my life a lot of that time and, and the role that that played in me not having a father in my life. Yeah, that's awesome, Warren. Yeah, I speak about it on my show a lot here, the, you know, the, the fatherless crisis that we do have. So many kids are growing up in our country without a father or father figure in their house, and it does lead to some devastating results if they don't find that that positive father role model in their life. There's no question about it that you know it's great to be able to have two parents in your life, you know, so you can have that different perspective of, of what a mom brings and what a what a dad brings to your to your upbringing and and to be uh absence of one of those um in some kids it probably doesn't impact them as much, but a lot of kids it impacts them greatly. So uh, like I said, I wanted to make sure my kids at least had a, a great upbringing of having a, a mom and a dad in their lives so they could have that balance. And uh, it just gives them more opportunities to be successful and more opportunities for them to be happy and more opportunities to have different people to lean on uh, as they're growing up. Yeah, well said. And you had a, almost a 20-year drop-off there from your first four kids to your 12-year-old here. What are the biggest changes or differences in you as a father now as opposed to with your first four? Uh, I think because of my my uh, lifestyle and that, that I'm able to spend more time with my younger one than I was w with my first uh, group of kids in my first marriage is because I um, I was playing professional football at the time. Uh, my career was you know really getting going. Uh, it really kept you busy. I was away from home a lot with travel and different things like that. Um, I had a foundation that I had started as well, so I was, you know, putting on events there, and there was just a whole lot going in my life. Uh, when I got traded away to to Minnesota, and also then moved on to Seattle, we decided to keep our kids in Houston, where they were born and raised, and 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 not move the family from, you know, every six months back and forth. So I was away from them a lot during their uh, during their, I guess, high school time, late junior high, and then high school time. So I missed a lot of things. Where with with my son now, my schedule is a lot more where I can make it. I can make it basically off of off of what uh, is most important to me, and and uh, so I can be at more of the events that are involved in his life. I, I'm not I'm not missing his games like I used to, like I used to miss my other's games sometimes because I was always playing myself. So it, I just have a lot more uh, valuable time to to give to my young son that I didn't have to give to my older ones. Even though I was at a lot of their different events, I missed a lot of them, and, and I don't want to do that with this younger one. Yeah, that's cool. And and I have a Nothing beats an American flag made in the USA, right? Well, how about an American flag made in the USA by veterans out of duty-worn fatigues from all branches of the military? 
That is exactly what you get with Combat Flags. Combat Flags are handcrafted from duty-worn fatigues and offer a tangible piece of freedom to the American people. Each flag is accompanied by a professionally designed and printed card that tells the story of service of a soldier, marine, airman, sailor, or coastie who wore the fatigues used to make the flag. They are the real deal, Dad, so what are you waiting for? Visit CombatFlags.com and use the promo code FATHER, and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 10% off their purchase. Veteran-owned, American-made. CombatFlags.com, promo code FATHER. A lot of um, uh, many single parents or divorced parents on the show here, Warren, and one of the things that they struggle with is deciding when to introduce their kids to a new potential spouse. So uh, at what point in your new relationship did you introduce your now wife to your kids, and what was their reaction to that? Um, I, I introduced when I knew that, that it was going to be a pretty, uh, pretty in, uh, important relationship that I wasn't going to be looking for anybody else, that I felt like she was the one. and. And I didn't want to do it until then because uh, that's an important thing to, first of all, you know, bring another woman in to your life and uh, they already have a mom. Uh, and you want to make sure, uh, another thing that I felt that was really important, that their mom uh, was happy in her life before I introduced another woman in my kids' lives. So when my, when my uh, ex-wife, you know, found her, her next partner, uh, my kids, I'm, I'm sure, knew that she was happy because that's she had a partner in her life, so it was a, a good time for me to introduce somebody else into their lives as well. So I, I think timing was very important when you uh, introduce another uh, new spouse into it to your, your kids' lives because it can be devastating if they're not ready for that. Yeah, well well said. And, and, and you went from undrafted to Hall of Famer. What was it like to have your family present when you were enshrined in the NFL Hall of Fame? Probably one of the most important uh, important reasons why I was there because of my family. Um, even it was my first wife was uh, was in my life. We were high school sweethearts, you know. So she was with me from the time I started playing high school football all the way through junior college and college and, and the Canadian Football League and, and my professional career. So she was the one that uh, that that saw me through all of that and there's no way I get to that point without her so to be able to have her there to be able to have all my children there I mean those are the people that that you're so uh, uh, happy that they can be with you on a day like that the people that played a role in your life you know my mom who played a huge role in getting me involved in sports all of my sisters who supported me all the way through having those type of people there with you on that day that's something you want to celebrate not only for yourself but you want to celebrate it uh, with them too, because a, a little piece of of what uh, I accomplished is is theirs as well. Yeah, that's awesome, Warren. What is the relationship like with your older children and, and, and your twelve year old? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, my my older kids, I you know I visit them. They live in Houston, and I live in Seattle. So um, they were kind of born and raised there. That's kind of where they've settled. So they're all in that Houston, right around the Houston area. So I have six grandkids now, and. So there's always something going on with, with uh, you know, a, birth, a birthday, a graduation, a, uh, a soccer game, or whatever might be going on that that uh, they're always having. So I'm always traveling back there. I'm probably back in Houston about at least once a month, and uh, going back there to do something or to get together with all of them. And and I always have one or two nights where where the just the kids, you know, my older kids and I go out and we have dinner and just kind of sit back and talk about what everybody's doing. So 
my relationship with all of them is great. And then my younger son, who play, who lives up here in Seattle with me, um, we spend a lot of time together. We like to go to the movies. We like to go to games. Um, he has games all the time that I, I try and attend as much as I possibly can. So uh, my relationship with him is very close as well. And, and, you know, I'm in the process now. He's getting ready. He's going through puberty and all that, making sure I'm teaching him how to take care of himself and, and groom himself and all those different things to make sure as he gets to be a, a young man now he's doing all the right things. Yeah, I have four kids myself. My oldest just turned 13, so I'm right there. Uh, he's taking us into the fray. I know what you mean because it is a difference. It's, it's a, a different uh, society that we live in. Um, you know, kids are exposed to so much more than we ever were exposed to when I was a kid and even my older kids. So you really have to be on top of, of all the information that they're getting so they understand it and they're getting the answers from the right people and not, not the wrong people. Yeah, definitely. And I wanted to ask you this, Warren. I don't know if you, you felt comfortable answering this or not, but I know that you had some uh, accusations against you that were either dropped or, or settled over the summertime. Well, how was that? Uh, how did that affect your kids, and how did they kind of respond to all that stuff? You know, they were very hurt by it because uh, they basically know who I am, and they know the person that I am, and they also know the person that was involved. And and that was something that that hurt them as well. My daughters got to be very, very good friends. And uh, so they just didn't understand why somebody would go to that that length to um, you know to accuse me of something like that. But but it, it, it happened, and and they're grown up to enough to know that you know people do do things like that and 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 uh, make accusations like that for whatever reasons they want to do it. But they know me as a father, they know me as a dad, and they knew know that there was nothing behind any of that, and and. Uh, they're just happy that it's all, you know, behind me and, and we've moved on. Yeah, awesome. One thing I do like to ask, you know, the NFL guys that I get on the show here, just because it's a, it's a tough decision for a lot of dads, is whether or not to let their kids play tackle football. I know you said your son's playing football. I'm not sure if it's tackle or flag, but uh, how do you feel about, you know, young kids playing tackle football and what's a good age for them to start? Well, that's the key to me is, is when you start because I know I started at 10 years old and as I look back at it, I th thought maybe that was a little bit too early for me to start, but but I got through it. And um, my kids all played Pop Warner football and, and they, they all had a good experience with it and none of them had any major injuries, uh, thank God. And then as my young kid is playing now, he started uh, playing flag and, then, and he's 12 years old now and he just started playing uh, Pop Warner tackle football. So... I felt like 12 or 13 would be the ideal time to start. He he just really nagged at me and his mom about playing, and my mom, his mom finally gave <laughs> in. So I had to kind of go ahead with it. Once my mom says she can, he can do something, then you, you kind of go along with it. I wish he would only, I wish he would have waited one more year. But he's off to a good start. And the reason why I have no problems with him playing is because you know I did it, my other kids did it, and I think the game is a little bit safer now the way that it's being coached. The way that it's being taught, they're trying to get the head out of the game. Um, they also have better equipment now. I think the helmets and things and the equipment are better than when I was a player and also when my older kids played. Uh, I think the coaching is better. They're learning how to teach the game the right way. And if you uh, don't play the game the right way, you're being penalized for it. So all those reasons and the fact that if you did get a head injury, they know much better how to um, – how to administer to one as far as the, you know the medical attention that you get, the protocol that they get before they put you out on the field again. All those things have been much more improved, so I feel like the game is much safer today to, to let your kids play, and that's why I have no hesitation in letting him play now.
Yeah, well said. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know when I played, if you got knocked out, you went back into the game, you know, after a few series. So it was never thought of. So now I think the awareness of it alone makes it a lot better. Yeah, I had my first concussion when I was 11 years old. And and my mother was a nurse, so that was the reason why uh, I got, you know, better care uh, for my concussion because she knew all the signs and she knew exactly, uh, you know, how to how to look after me, how to wake me up in the middle of the night, not let me go into a deep sleep and things like that right after the concussion was had. And I actually waited out a week the next week. I didn't play the next week. But who knows if my mom wasn't a nurse, whether I would have been put back out in the field right away or not. So uh, those are the things that uh, I was fortunate about with playing the game. But I had six of them while I, you know, while I played. And and that's something that that is a concern um, as you move later into your life. But so far, I haven't had any really any uh, symptoms from them, and I, uh, I I thank God for that. Yeah, that's great. That's good stuff, Warren. And well, you know, obviously you've had a you know a historic career here in the NFL, and you and you're doing your uh, your thing now. What kind of goals or plans do you have for the future for yourself, Warren? You know, believe it or not, because I've reach so many of the goals that I set for myself in my life. My my biggest goal right now is to try and be just the you know the best father and the best dad that I can be moving forward. That that I, I want to spend as much possible time as I can with my with my uh, kids and my grandkids and and uh, just be around for them and, and be there for them. Whether it's through advice, whether it's financially, whatever it is that they may need, I just want to be more of a um, a visible person in their lives as they move forward. Knowing that I missed a lot of time in my older kids' lives because of my profession, now I'm able to give that that time back. So uh, that's kind of where I am as far as goals are concerned. Yeah, very cool. All right, last thing I want to hit you with here, Warren, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? I think the biggest advice I would have is, is, just try and um, make balance in your life, and make sure you make that balance enough time for your for your wife, for your family, or whatever that you know, how many ever ch- children that you have, and then your profession, and then for your for yourself, um, you've got to have balance in your life to 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 make it all work for yourself, and, and that's something. If I had to go all the way back and do it again, I would put a little bit better balance in my life as far as how much time. I devoted to my profession uh, compared to what I devoted to, to family. And and uh, even though I was able to, to devote a lot of time to family, I, I think I put more time into the profession to, to become successful in tune so I could help my family live the type of life that I wanted them to live. But I think balance would be the, the, uh, the biggest thing that I would tell any young dad, you know, coming into fatherhood and marriage is trying to find a great balance in your life. And, uh, and I think that will help you as you move forward. Yeah, very well said. I love the advice. Uh, this has been an honor for me. i got to say, Warren Moon, you're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Warren Moon for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or hit me with a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. Got a very special edition of First Class Fatherhood coming at you guys tomorrow. 
UFC president Dana White will be joining me here on the podcast. We have a big UFC 244 event happening in Madison Square Garden this weekend. So please tune in for tomorrow's episode and lock it into my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace. So you can check out all the dads will be joining me here next week. We're going to be back to our Frogman Friday episodes. Find out the Navy SEAL that will be joining me and much more. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Your half truths and tales, as tall as a tree, I saw feeling so.